You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. How do I add someone to my church creative team? The thing that's beautiful about this conversation is that it applies whether you're looking to hire someone on your team as a paid contributor or you're looking to add a volunteer to your team. The principles are the same, and that's why I want to go through this part of the conversation. Last week, we talked about 13 different interview questions that I love asking. They're great ways for you to get deeper into who this person is that you're interviewing, who this person is that you're talking to. Do they fit? Do they match the culture that your organization has? Or even better, do they bring something to the table that represents a strength in an area where you're deficient? This is really where the four creative cores become so helpful. You can assess the health of your team and you can then bring people onto the team that represent strength in areas where you're weak. Just a friendly reminder, if you haven't already taken the health assessment for your creative team, I would encourage you to do so. It works whether you're an individual, you're the sole comm person, or maybe comm isn't even formally your title. You're the sole person doing all things creative in your church, or you manage a team of 100 creatives. I don't know if that's a thing anywhere, <laughs> but the, the health assessment will work either way. You can go to healthy churchcreatives.com and that'll take you straight to the quiz. It'll give you very clear insights into what exactly is going on in your creative team. It also will give you insights that will let you begin to take practical next steps in terms of getting healthy. That's really what I care about. Assessment is only so helpful. We want to take the next step into actually helping build a healthier creative team because that leads to a healthier church. All right, so let's talk about adding someone to your team. It doesn't matter if they're a paid person or a volunteer, like I've mentioned. There are three areas that need to be accomplished in the creative space in your church. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of the podcast, I'm putting a visual up now for those who are watching on YouTube. So feel free to check it out. I'll put a link to the podcast on YouTube. I don't usually have additional visuals, but this week it just really felt appropriate. So what we have here is we have three overlapping boxes. The first is lead, and then we have below lead, we have strategy, and then below strategy, we have execute. What this does is this maps out everything that needs to happen in the creative arm of your organization. It actually doesn't matter if it's a church for this conversation. These are the principles that apply. And I don't know every other space as well as creative, obviously, but my contention would be that, yeah, this is probably the way that everything functions in every organization. In particular, I want to call it these areas where there's overlap, because understanding this is going to help us understand how we add somebody new to the team. So the first category here is lead. So this is where leadership happens. So this cohort that I'm currently in the midst of, we have a great group of people. I'm very excited about uh, just what we've already done, but also where we're going. What's really exciting to me for this group is that they're going to be growing in their leadership. What that means is right now they're living in either execution or strategy, oftentimes both, but they're going to be growing into understanding how to better interface with leadership. So that's what we're looking for here when it comes to a leader. This is somebody who can take a new initiative. And I don't mean it would be neat if we did Snapchat. I mean, this is how leveraging Snapchat helps us accomplish our mission as a church. Here are the ways that this is impactful at a larger level than just calm found a new shiny object. 
So those are the kinds of things that really take us above our normal sort of execution or strategy mindset as creatives, and it helps us lead. We begin thinking of other things that are much bigger than just our proficiency. Another way that this can be expressed, when I was leading the creative team at High Desert Church, I was the creative minister, and I was over communications, I was over productions, and I was over online ministry. Those are three distinct verticals within the organization. That's also what leadership often looks like. It can look like managing disciplines that you don't have experience in. If you have a desire to move up in the organization and you are successful in doing so, you will at some point reach a level where you are now managing other departments, departments that you don't have any experience in, disciplines that you have not practiced or mastered. And that's really where leadership begins to transcend the the individual craftsmanship of the trade that you're in. Leadership is how do we interface with the mission of the church, the executive leadership team, the senior leadership team, whatever your organization calls it. And then how do I care for the people on my team who are doing strategy and execution? How do I help them understand the mission? How do I remind them of the mission? How do I challenge them when they're becoming a little too obsessed or honed in on their specific functions? Those are the types of things that leaders do. Below leadership, we have strategy. These are the ones who are leading their functions, but they're leading them at a strategic level. This is a director of communications, director of productions. Those are the types of roles, in some cases, a technical director that could fit into this category. These are the people who are making decisions that are strategic decisions about what is it that we're doing. Let's say, for example, we do like Snapchat as a place to be as a church. We think from a calm perspective that this is the right decision. That's strategy. We now need to move it up in the organization and we need to give it to whoever it is that's championing the leadership component of communications. And we need to say, hey, strategically, we think this is a really smart decision, but now we need to present it from a leadership perspective. We need to share it with leadership. We need to get organizational buy-in, departmental buy-in, whoever it is that needs to be a, an advocate or a, a friend of this policy. That's what we're trying to do here. And so this is where strategy floats up. So I mentioned Snapchat earlier as an example, just because historically for for me in the context where I serve, that was a real hot button issue. The Snapchat decision for us needed to be navigated at a higher level because it wasn't just a communications decision. It impacted the way that other ministries interfaced with the church, the way that parents interfaced with the church, the type of content that we needed to be creating. There are a lot of implications beyond just the communications team. So the decision didn't solely lie with strategy. And then the last category here of execution. This is the group of people that have the Adobe suite on their computer and are using them all day long. These are the ones who are in Affinity Designer or the ones who are using Canva. Maybe they have a DSLR and they're running around campus taking photos. Maybe they're using a cell phone and they're taking videos to post on social. They're scheduling out the email newsletter. They're writing it. They're finding the image for it. They're confirming the dates. Is this when that event actually is? They're scheduling it on MailChimp or whatever platform you guys use. That's the execution side of things. These are the ones who are actually creating content for the church. So those are the three distinct areas, but here's why I wanna call this out and how it relates to adding people to your team. Every organization needs these three tiers to be functioning. And you'll notice on the visual, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice these dotted line areas. These are the overlap areas between the two. Good leaders will flex down into strategy if the team needs help. And good potential leaders will flex up out of strategy and into leadership. So for me, there was a season where I had a communications director 
that was a really gifted leader and I wanted to grow and develop him. And so I gave him opportunities to flex up out of his role as a strategist and flex into a new role that I saw as a potential for him into leadership. That meant that he led meetings where we were presenting something to our executive leadership team. That means that when a church would ask us to come and speak and share about communications, he would come with us. And he would be someone that we would say, hey, this is the one who's leading the charge in our communication stuff. Talk to him from a strategy perspective, but recognize he's competent in the leadership position as well. If I left the organization, he's the one that I would elevate into the leadership position. And interestingly enough, at some point, he left the organization and stepped into a role that had more leadership involved. So this is where the overlap exists. Now, you'll notice it between strategy and execution as well. The person in that role in strategy, they need to be able to flex down into execution sometimes as well. And then you'll see the same executors. They have the opportunity to flex up into strategy. So if you find yourself as a graphic designer or a video person, and you're thinking to yourself, what is the pathway up to leadership? I want to be investing in major decisions in the organization. Then you need to grow in your strategic perspective. You need to grow in your understanding of how to communicate strategy effectively and how to see the opportunity for strategy. Once you get into that space, you'll be eventually, with enough practice and experience, you'll eventually start getting invited into the leadership conversations. But you can't go execution to leadership. That strategy component is a very, very important bridge. So why does any of this matter? How does any of this impact me? I'm just the solo creative and I'm trying to add a volunteer to my team. Well, you have the interview questions from last week, but this structure of lead, strategy, and execute also breaks down the type of work that you can give to volunteers. So I like starting at the very bottom. When I have a new volunteer, let's say a graphic design volunteer, because that was historically a real challenge for us. To be totally transparent with you, we didn't have a lot of graphic design volunteers in our organization. We were super last minute. There were some, and they were really developed well. And the reason that they were is because a coworker of mine who did a phenomenal job with this, he would bring a volunteer in and he would train and develop them at the appropriate level. He would give them reasonable assignments. And what does that mean? This is the key. A reasonable assignment is one that has very little ramifications if it doesn't go right. If you hear anything through this episode, that's going to be the key that you need to remember in order to begin bringing volunteers onto your team effectively. You want to identify execution level projects, either that you have time for, you know, you have two months and you can give it to them and see how they do. Because it's really deadlines that are the problem. It's the fast turnaround time that presents challenges for volunteers in an organization, specifically in the creative side. I think you can navigate those with a clear conversation, but I love starting people with these, these projects, not that are low impact. I'm not talking about wasteful projects that have no purpose. I'm talking about carving out specific things that give them the opportunity in order to flex their skills and flex their muscles and show you what they have, but do it in a way where if they miss the mark, it's not catastrophic. The place where I love starting is social media graphics. Most organizations will have hyper-specific stuff, like this is from this weekend. This is promoting this series. But then they'll also have things that are more in alignment with tone of voice in general. This is who we are as an organization. This is what we believe as an organization. These typically fall into the category of values. These are the values of our organization. This is what it's like if you come and join us. We have these kind of quippy phrases. 
We want to help develop you to be a world changer. Go change your world. That's a phrase. Messengers of hope is a, a phrase that I've heard from a church that I'm working with. So we all have these phrases that we use that we share with the congregation. These are perfect to end up on social media. Find content that you can give to people that essentially is detached from a deadline. So you already have content that you're going to be putting on socials. So if this person doesn't hit the mark, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. And what you're doing in this process is one, you're giving them an opportunity to lean in and to start doing work to design in this instance or this example, but you're also beginning to assess them, how much quality they have in the work that they do. You're going to discover, oh, this person's a professional designer who's been doing this for 20 years. We can literally give them any project that we want in the organization. Or this is somebody who is following design as a passion, but they don't really have a lot of training in it. It's going to help you understand what your next step is. The same is true of a junior designer. Before you throw them off into the deep end, give them simple projects that are relatively low impact because it gives them a safe process to onboard into the organization. I remember when I first started in my role at High Desert Church, the first assignment that I had was to design the cover for a staff manual. And I remember thinking to myself, come on, man, like there's more to this than that. Of course there is. And there was, and we grew a lot and we did a lot, but that was a great place to start because it gave me a project where I could begin the conversation of this is how I design. This is how I problem solve. This is how I approach things. It also gave my supervisor the opportunity to see how quickly I worked. And it became a really good conversation point to say, okay, here's what I'd like to change. Here's what I'd like to keep. Here's how we need to format it for printing. We're going to print it in-house. We're going to print it out-of-house. By doing a project that was internally focused, it gave me the opportunity to learn a lot of these lessons on how the organization runs without a lot of consequence. And I was thankful for that. The real advantage to approaching projects this way is it lets this new person learn the culture of the organization in a very easy and safe way. So now when it comes to flexing into these gaps, what you're going to see is you're going to see some volunteers that are capable of execution, but you know what, maybe we can elevate them into strategy. This is where the overlap of the box is so helpful. What it does is it helps you bring people into the right conversations without overreaching. So if I have a junior designer, I'm not going to ask them to come and interface with leadership for me. But if I have a junior designer and I see that they're really starting to express good thoughts when it comes to strategy, I'm going to invite them into those conversations because that's what it looks like to flex in this stack of things. And then let's say they're doing a phenomenal job when it comes to strategy. I might start entertaining the idea of interfacing them with leadership a little bit. This is the process of watching someone grow as a creative and just as an individual, as a leader. So before we wrap up this episode, I want to give you a handful of ideas of what types of projects would be really good for volunteers when they get started in your organization. This is true of junior designers as well. Typically, if you're hiring a designer onto your team, however, you're gonna have a list of assignments already mapped out for them. So let me give you some ideas as to where volunteers can begin working in a low friction, low deadline, low urgency way. From the design perspective, I've already mentioned, I love having a library of content that's built for social media. Give them verses, give them phrases, give them missional statements about your organization. Give them pictures from around your campus or pictures of worship and just ask them to come up with a phrase or a tagline for it. These are great ways for you to build a library of content that you can lean on when you don't have fresh ideas, but it's also a great way for them to begin showing you what they're capable of. So I love social media here. The other things that I think can be helpful are long-term projects that aren't gigantic. So I'm not talking about like we have a study guide that's due in six weeks. That's a nice timeline, but it's also a big project. 
But I'm saying it's something like in two months, we're going to have an event. Okay, well, it's going to be a small event. Can you start giving us some ideas? And I like approaching it that way. Give us some ideas as starting points for a look and a feel for this upcoming women's event or men's event or kids event, students, whatever it is. Give them something with a lot of runway. And rather than saying, give us the final look, get us started. So again, you're inviting them into the creative process. You're inviting them to give you some comps or some designs, some looks and feels that are going to be considered for this final project. But if they miss the mark, you guys aren't underwater. Instead, it becomes a very helpful opportunity and a very meaningful opportunity to have a conversation about, hey, when we do things like this, we kind of drift a little bit more this way. Hey, we're looking for something a little bit more like that. Those are the things that are really, really helpful to grow designers in the way that they need to grow. Now, let's say you have somebody who's good at writing. Have them do an audit of your website. Have them be a proofer and give them clear deadlines. Hey, I need to send this to print on Wednesday. I'm sending it to you on Monday. If I don't hear anything from you on Tuesday, that means I'm going to just assume everything's fine and I'm going to send it to print. That's a really good way to begin introducing editors, one, to your culture and your pace, but also helping take advantage of the fact that they're really good with words. They're going to be able to catch the mistakes or give you better language for the content that you're putting out. You can also ask them to partner with these social media posts. Write us captions for social media. Here are some of the visuals that we have. Can you write captions for each of them? It's a great way to introduce writers to the organization. If you have any projects that are going to be more intensive when it comes to writing, a journal, a study guide, a book even. We had a small group leader training book that we put together. Great opportunity for volunteers. I will also say, though, those are volunteers that need to be vetted. This isn't the first project you're assigning them. You can rely on them, but also they get the culture of the organization. Those are some really good ways to introduce writers to your organization. Photographers, send them to your events. Send them to the weekend service. Have a shot list and make sure that they have it and let them run wild. Give them, give them the appropriate restrictions and the appropriate guidelines. Here's how we want to be capturing. We don't want to be up in people's faces. We don't want to be on stage, you know, those kinds of things. Giving them that information is really helpful. It's important, actually, beyond helpful. Let them run with it. Let them have creative ideas. Give them a shot list, but then tell them, hey, you can go off of this as well. Be creative. And this really leads to the last thing. And this is really just creatives in general. There was a conversation recently on Facebook asking this question, what are the things that you have creatives do? How do you integrate them into the deadline-centric, fast-paced nature of what you do? And I do think all of these things that I've mentioned to this point are great ways to do that. They allow volunteers to participate without getting sucked into this constant quick turnaround pace. But one person suggested, don't give them restrictions. Let them be creative. And I thought that was a really cool way to integrate a volunteer into your organization. Let's say you have somebody who's really good at creating stuff, whatever it is. It could be physical media, they're painters, could be digital artists, could be photographers, could be graphic designers. But as opposed to saying, here, fit into our pace or fit into our framework, what would happen if we just said, create something for us? Pursue whatever it is that you're inspired to create. Obviously, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Don't just show up one week and there's like a sculpture on campus. That's not what I mean. But what a cool way to begin integrating volunteers. What is it that you see as an opportunity to invest in? Are there any blind spots that we have? What are some things that you think would be really cool for us to invest in or create? And then another space that kind of is connected to that a little bit. What are the projects that you're dreaming of that you just haven't been able to get done? Why not bring them in on that? I mean, I've always wanted to have this book that represents the values of the organization. 
Okay, why not give it to them? The reason you haven't gotten it done is because you're too busy. The day-to-day is pulling you away from getting these long-term projects done. So build a team and don't even worry about integrating them into the day-to-day. Use them exclusively for your long-term projects. That's a great way to bring people into the organization, but also to get these really meaningful projects done. So I hope that understanding the hierarchy, the different tiers of what needs to get done in your team is helpful. And I hope it sets the stage for you then as you do engage volunteers and figure out ways outside of the tyranny of the urgent, because we want to bring people into serving the church. And this is a great way to do it in the creative space. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.